0: Hello everyone. Thank you for listening to us in this first chapter of the PP Popo podcast in which we are going to be talking about top trending topics that might have a large influence in today's economics, politics and the business. But first, let us get introduced. I'm Hector from Mexico and I have a background on general medicine. Currently, I'm studying a master in business administration.
1: Hey, I'm Debra, I'm from the Netherlands, and I have a background on international businesses and I'm currently studying marketing management.
2: And last, but definitely not least, I'm Ondra from Prague, Czech Republic, and I'm studying international relations and diplomacy, and I will sometimes try to play the role of devil's advocate.
1: (laughs) First, the reason why we're making this podcast is to engage people in talking about current political situations. We would like to facilitate a starting point to build our own opinion regarding these types of topics. To do this, each of us has prepared a small pitch based on their own expertise. Consequently, we will be challenging and discussing each other's viewpoints. And
0: we are going to provide you with our own opinion based on our background, empirical and technical knowledge towards the topics that we are going to be talking about. We might have different positions as well, but we are aiming to be the less biased possible and talk from a formal scientific perspective, even since it is always not easy to do so.
2: And since my friends has already talked about the generalities of the podcast, let me talk about the first chapter which we are going to have today. Something that most of people can find funny or problematic and uh, yes, we will be talking about drinking alcohol and its role in today's society. I'll begin with providing a bit of political perspective. Alcohol in politics is as old as humanity itself. According to Rod Phillips, in collaboration with ted we can find evidence of consumption of alcohol in ancient Egypt, where beer was used as a pay for pyramid builders through the Alexander the Great, who according to historical sources has died on the cause of alcohol, and to more modern leaders such as Winston Churchill, who is known for drinking all day long, or Boris Yeltsin with his famous incident in Washington when he was found half-naked getting a cab to order a pizza, or Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, who is known to be a lover, uh, drink lover, also the father of Tur- today's Turkish Republic, or going to mind all reality, Czech Republic, WhatsApp Havel, who is famous to take almost every world leader for a beer while visiting Prague in the 90s. We can also see the use of alcohol in everyday political life. As Politico points out, there is a strong tradition of doing politics in Westminster and pubs, or a famous picture of Angela Merkel, then German Chancellor, Emmanuel Macron, French President, Charles Michel, then Belgian Prime Minister, now the President of European Council and Xavier Batel, Prime Minister of Luxembourg, getting a beer to decide the next European answer to the Brexit talk that happened sooner that day. Alcohol can also become a strong weapon in the political discussion. For instance, every government in Czech Republic who would try to get a high prices of beer would be voted out by the next election. That also results in lowering taxes on beer while simultaneously hiring taxes on everything else in our country. Lastly, the Czech Republic is probably the only state in the world where there is a law that forces places to sell at least one alcoholic drink cheaper than beer. Still keeping with my Czech case, the privatization of Budweiser Boudoir, the original Boudoir, uh, became a key discussion during the election process in this October general election. And still keeping in mind the Budweiser Boudoir, but also French Champagne, uh, it can also become an important part of the trade deals between countries, as the EU demands the protection of Budweiser Budweiser over its American copy in the EU, known as BAT. There are also evidences of different party affiliation based on the consumption of various types of alcohol. According to a study published by Journal of Wine Economics by Pavel A. Yakovlev and Walter P. Guisford, we can estimate that in the US, Republicans' voters will tend to drink more wine, whereas Democratic voters will tend to, towards a beer and spirits. Therefore, we can say that alcohol can play a crucial role in politics, but mostly in the making of it. Yet it should not be in connected with only bad connotations. For instance, Adolf Hitler is famously known for being an abstinent, whereas Winston Churchill a heavy drinker, and yet we have different opinions on their role in human history. Considering above mentioned, do you think that we should ban the alcohol consumption in a political life? Or is a glass of whiskey, pint of beer, a glass of champagne a natural part of political
0: life and should remain one? What do you think, guys? Well, if I get it correctly, I would say that having a drunk person taking political decisions is not my favorite. And so, because of that, I would strongly prefer to ban the alcohol, not only drinking it, but also using it as a symbol of friendship or polite etiquette in the political background.
1: Well, I agree with you to a certain point, Hector. However, I would like to stress the importance of social environments for international politics and for decision-making. Having an informal and societal ritual of drinking a glass does enhance this process, making it a very important value, indirectly smoothing a very difficult political process.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with this on Deborah. Uh, why would you say that a drunken person cannot be a good leader, taking into consideration, for instance, already mentioned Winston Churchill uh, was being one of the winners of the Second World War, or Atatürk uh, building the country, even drinking more on than a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I hear you, uh, but I would say uh, it's more of an exception than something that we should aim for in a democratic political society.
0: Yeah, maybe we might be able to talk about some exceptionalities, but the thing is that on a daily basis, the alcohol intoxication will lead to a possible aggressive reaction. And I would not like to have that one on a political debate, of course, being the one drunk guy from my country.
1: Yeah, I would say a more moderate alcohol consumption uh, to let polit- politicians come more closer would contribute. But there is a very thin line here, with alcohol leading to more violence as well. Also with the state having the monopoly on using violence.
2: Obviously, I'm not saying having an alcoholic <laughs> as a in power is good, <laughs> That's just nice. a moderate consumption of, <laughs> of alcohol. <laughs> or as shown before, not moderate in some cases, can lead to a better understanding, closer communication and or a deeper connection between the politicians. For instance, uh, the case of having a serious political discussion over beer, wine and whiskey, such as the Merkel with our EU leaders back, uh, back in Brussels. Lastly, in my opinion, alcohol is a stronger part of Western culture and it's so hardly embedded to it, that it feels more natural for people to have a discussion over glass
0: of whatever.
1: Yeah, I agree with that on you. I think uh, moderate is here the key word, I would say.
0: Yeah, and I understand that it's cultural and everything you have said till now, but not because of that means that it's a good practice. I'll stick to the idea of banning the alcohol as a symbol. Do that, this symbolism makes these practices of drinking in work as something normal or actually good in a politic situation. As well, when saying that, might be smoother, but that's because the alcohol is making an inhibition in the brain and people stop thinking on their 100%, so they are not being conscious of their decisions. Sure,
2: Uh, I get to a point, but in my opinion being 100% is not always as good as it sounds to be. We can see many historical examples in which alcohol played an important role uh, in the country's formation. For instance, according to legend, but the, they are strongly based on true probably, we can associate the withdrawal of Russian forces from Estonia in 94 to the ability of Estonian president to overdrink Boris Yeltsin. Yes, sometimes it might not be good, but at the same time it will help to reach decisions, talks with your enemies, etc. For instance, Stalin, to keep in good touch with Churchill, was supplying him with his beloved Ararat Cognac from the USSR, now from Armenia.
1: Yeah, I think we have a difference in opinion regarding the principle itself here. And I would propose to agree that we disagree on this, on totally banning the alcohol from politics.
0: I agree on this one. Now we know that, also, no alcoholic beverage company is going to sponsor us in this <laughs> chapter. However, I'll step forward talking about the health perspective. According to an epidemiological research, the most common disease related with alcohol for sure is alcoholism, one health problem that could be blamed to society itself. So, for defining this alcoholism, I would requote that according to a study made in 1992 by the Journal of Psychiatry they defined seven different types of alcoholism according to the intensity, frequency and the situation why we drink. And it's interesting that uh, saying that we are all considered in the first level of alcoholism, drinkers as well as non-drinkers going through the assumption that we have all drink at least once alcohol drink in our lives due to personal or social circumstances. For instance, there is another study published in the journal Drugs, Education, Prevention and Policy where they found that there is a very important pressure made by the society. And let me give you an example that they quoted in the paper. They said that when you go to a free drinking party, There is an indirect social rule that, for being there, you first of all need to drink something, and second, you should reach a certain level of drunkenness to be socially accepted. In this matter, the mental stress can lead to different mental diseases. So, I would like to approach to this situation, in which we have, on some point, felt this pressure of start drinking or drinking more than what we wanted or we were expecting in a social gathering.
1: Well, of course I recognize the problem of alcoholism in society today. However, I disagree with you that there is a social pressure It's a direct problem for everyone. Considering my personal situation, I do agree that I have been in a situation where there was social pressure to drink. But how you handle this has a lot to do with your personality. When I don't want to drink, I don't drink. But I can imagine people feeling insecure in certain situations, for example, and when people don't want to say no and they end up being very drunk without their active consent. And that I would consider rather problematic.
2: Oh, uh, Guys, I actually agree with both of you on this one. Firstly, let me point out one really important fact that the Czech Republic is the biggest and largest consumer of beer in world per capita. And I'm pointing this one, not that it's important for discussion, but it shows the importance of alcohol in some cultures, for for instance, the Czech one, as I Mm -hmm. already previously showed. Obviously, there's a strong social pressure on the alcohol consumption in gatherings. But as Deborah says, it also depends on people's personality. We should try to educate the society that putting so much pressure is not good for the common well-being. At the same time, sometimes a glass of wine can help people make more meaningful connections, help them to be more confident, etc. And obviously I'm not speaking about an over excessive uh, drinking ending up not good.
0: <laughs> Actually, you got perfectly my point. Because of the social pressure to drink more than what someone's naturally wants, it's not good for aiming uh, commonwealth. In this matter, I want to re you that this early drinking culture is what can lead people towards alcoholism. For instance, according to a worldwide analysis, America, as a continent, has the highest rates of alcoholism just behind from Russia, and the European Union countries do not stay that far behind on this matter as well. So, for approaching to a control of this disease, I strongly think that more policies and restrictions should be done towards this topic of alcohol access and the cultural standpoint of it.
1: Well, I agree with you on the point uh, that there's a problem being created at a very young age of people. Um, Besides, I think it's very hard to change habits of consumer behavior. And therefore, I would say it could be a good strategy from the government tackling this problem at the younger age. It takes longer before a perceptual change is made. However, it will be smoother and, in my opinion, more successful to check this uh, at a younger age instead of a longer age. Uh, Pointing a finger and imposing rules will not help changing adult behavior. However, focusing on the younger public bulwark, which can also be seen in the decrease of cigarettes, for example, after imposing this strategy.
2: Uh, sure, I definitely agree on the need of starting the right alcohol protection and prevention in the young age. I would only like to point out also the fact that imposing a strict rule, such as not allow young adults to drink, will not result in people not drinking, but it will tend to make it look cool, if you know. And therefore, more threatening to the society per se.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I think I speak for all of us that a minimum drinking age did not stop us from trying out alcohol. (laughs) However, I do think that it changes our boundaries in that. Uh, When I was younger, the drinking age in the Netherlands was 16 years old and currently it's 18. And still people drink before their legal drinking age, but the boundaries there changed.
2: Uh, I'm not definitely saying not having a real rules and leaving it to whatever, but at the same time the complete ban, for instance we can speak also on the family level when parents don't allow you to try it, is not good because because in the age of puberty there's a strong way of disagreeing with your parents or with the figures. Also, if we demonize alcohol, it will only result in opposition to the rule in general, and therefore
0: ending in a higher alcohol consumption, at least I would say. And besides being against your parents, uh, I think that going on the extremes is never good. We need to find a point in which, as Andre stated, we are able to uh, find a positive result without bringing up an opposition movement that will lead us to an unexpected getaway.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very complex discussion we're having here and I would say cheers to our bad habits and to our social (laughs) environments. Uh, Let's continue to our final topic which is the business perspective. So what I would like to address is the concept of advertising alcohol today. Uh, It's widely available and I'm sure that both of you are also confronted with it and to introduce this I preferred some literature research to give some background information. And multiple scholars are still discussing the effect of advertising regarding the alcohol consumption. There is a general agreement that there is a causal relationship, but the extent to which is still very argued. For example, Saver, who did a research in 2020, used an econometric approach and says there's a relatively large effect, while on the other hand, scholars such as Molly argue that the effect is only marginal, especially when analyzing the segment of young adults. Also, the World Health Organization also made statements regarding alcohol advertising and the effects of this. To start, they argue a strong effect between alcohol and uh, alcohol advertisements and the consumption of alcohol. They name the increasing role of online platforms as one of the main reasons why. This argument is also backed up to the study by Kelly and his colleagues that online platforms make it easier for companies to target a specific consumer segments making ads more efficient. Considering the concept of language use, language is an important aspect of advertising on alcohol, as discussed by Casamla, for example. They discuss the potential problematic framing of drinking, which is that alcohol is pictured as one of the perfect types of pleasure. I hear you thinking, where are you going with this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Gavrault already described in 1985, advertising can be a very dangerous form of brainwashing. And therefore, I want to discuss with you, should there be a ban on advertising? Should it be be introduced? Well, in my opinion, we should not. Uh, To start, consumers should have a free choice and a free country on a free market. And these values are very important in a capitalistic society. Citizens should not be belittled by putting up any of these rules open. Secondly, imposing a ban doesn't solve the problem. Alcohol is embedded in the Western society, as we already discussed, and banning these ads doesn't resolve the problems we have with alcohol. Imposing a ban from the outside wouldn't change consumer behavior significantly enough to change problematic consumption. I do think it's important to raise the awareness of the potential risk and also I expect to change the consumer perception on alcohol consumption within the next 10 years, with the trend of people living more healthier and after cigarettes alcohol could be the the good which can be banned next. So, all in all, I believe it's important to consider the positive and negative consequences of a governmental decision. Therefore, I currently think a ban of alcohol advertisement would not contribute to the good of society, since it will only limit the freedom of choice. However, society's values are constantly changing and therefore the impact of these types of regulations could also change soon, making it very important to evaluate this statement regularly. But I'm really interested in your opinion, guys.
2: Well, I have to agree with you on the fact that the market should be free and decide what it wants to do. Take for instance the more extreme case of prohibition which can be kind of compared uh, in the 30s in the United States that one did not result into a success, but to a more the more of consumption of alcohol in the US, per se. I think we could compare a ban on the as a less extreme example of that one, actually.
0: Uh, kind of the same, the exposure of alcohol through ads goes a bit along with what we were talking before, uh, about the risk of becoming a culture that increases the possibility to turn out to be alcoholic. Um, going with these ads, um, uh, but just... That's, I think that banning them completely would be nonsense, but I just uh, want to take as an example. In Mexico and worldwide, I think it's compulsory to end all the advertisements of alcohol with the quote, ring with moderation. <laughs> <laughs> this is a first initiative towards the ad regulation. So I would say that we need to increase a little bit the regulations towards alcohol, art, don't you? Well, as I basically agree
2: with your point, I definitely disagree with the idea of a higher regulations. There should be different a certain rules, but the market should decide the outcome. And as we educate our societies, uh, they will decide which is alright and which is not anymore.
1: Yeah, I really hear you, André, in this. Uh, governmental regulations are a very tricky measure, I would say. And besides, I also think that it's important to take into account the sender of the information, Which is, in this case, a commercial party sending out an advertising. Which, in your opinion... uh, Yeah, what is your opinion on that? That it's actually a commercial entity that sends out this kind of information?
2: Well, I should say that they will always go for the high profit, which I don't think is bad because that's what they are doing for life, right? But also the market should decide what will happen,
0: not regulators. Uh, And I I would say that I think that nowadays There is a trend in which all the companies are looking to have an impact into society in a positive way, of course, and become (laughs) leaders of opinion with uh, this positive impact. Uh, Even if this seems to be something really difficult when being an alcohol company.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think these days everyone likes to have a positive impact, even our alcohol uh, companies. Uh, But I see it more as a self-regulatory system, uh, with companies being part of a society and corporate social responsibility and corporate (laughs) social responsibility uh, playing a more important role these days. Uh, Companies will act upon uh, societies, their wantings and their needs. However, this system is of course not perfect and it's very slow. And therefore, in my opinion, some regulation will make this process quicker to make companies and society's interests more aligned. Thank you guys for sharing your opinions and thoughts on this topic.
0: Oh no uh, problem with that. <laughs> okay guys, uh, so it was our time
2: for today. Ah uh, I would like to conclude our discussion with a quick sum up of what we discussed. Uh, and we can see that being from the similar background, all with a with a similar heritage, let's say, uh, we can postpone that we we don't have the large differences on the level of alcohol consumptions we all drink together every Wednesday anyway, (laughs) Uh, we can do see differences of our perception
0: of regulation of alcohol in political, business and medical sphere. Yeah, has been funny and constructive, learning from different stance and towards the same topic. Hope you listeners have a nice time just as us have and that we aim to make you think a bit more about the topics that we have been talking about.
1: Yes, thank you all for listening to us today. We're also very interested to hear your opinion about this topic. Share your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you. Bye.
0: Love it, you know. Bye bye. Okay, now like erase it. <laughs>